Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello. Hey. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Dan. How are you today? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it feels like the last day in September to me. And that's probably an analogy or a saying which you may not understand. Uh, Tim, actually, believe it or not, I get sports analogies. <laughs> this is grand final week in the ping pong arena here it at work. Is. Uh, we've been on the march for the Holy Grail. That's all it. 20 weeks of season number two. And just like Essendon, Tim's going to bomb out. <laughs> that's, that's funny. A, for that's a good one. That's funny for two bombers, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they suck. <laughs> now, if anyone's been bombing out, it's sad to say, Dan, that it's been you. Yeah, I haven't been bombing out, but I certainly haven't been winning out. You've had four chances to seal your seal your victory yeah. in season two. Well, and it so sounds far, like you've missed three of them. It so. sounds like you've been thrashing me all week. That's not the case. We've actually come out at the end of the week, five all. Five all. Which, but on differential, you've won by like seven points or something. Yeah. Which means... Uh, you get a bonus two, which means <laughs> we are tied going into the grand final on season points. Yeah, it's like 147 all or something like that. Yeah, Wh- whoever wins the grand final <laughs> wins. It's come down to one game. It's, it's pretty hectic. I can't believe that. It's one pretty game. hectic. Um, yeah, so, you know, Dan, um, when it's the last day of September, there's just a smell in the air. Mm. The weather's changing. You've just you've just gone past winter. Tim sneezing. Um, yeah, a little bit of hay fever there. There's just a feeling yeah. amongst uh, the supporters, and they're all they're all expecting something big to happen. Yeah, and I can say that in the office there is there is a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy, <laughs> and you know uh, it's going to be a big game today. It's going to be a big game. I'm going to have to do warm up games, I think, against the others just to. Well, no. Well, there's still some pre-finals to be played. It's not even to say that either of us will make the grand final. That's true. That's I mean, true. One of us will. One of us will. But not maybe not both of us. Like last week, Dan, when you bombed out in the <laughs> grand final. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. So uh, Thanks, yeah, Tim. so we'll probably post an update with the with the happy victor. Yeah. I just want to recap. I did win season one, so I hold the first title, and uh, Dan is playing yeah. for season two, the new and improved competition. It is a new and improved two. competition. It's, it's more rigid this season. We we know what we're actually doing now. Angie's involved. We've got more people. Um, it's a tougher comp. So really, the winner of this one is just better. Is the current champion, but the winner of the first one was still the champion of the first one. So all right, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, if you don't know already, you are listening to the two drunk accountants. We talk a lot about ping pong in the we office. Talk a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> but in general, most of the podcast is about helping small businesses, giving yeah. them some tips, some ideas, and uh, hopefully uh, giving them some knowledge and helping them on their journey to be For a successful sure. small business. We're passionate about a few things. One of them is ping pong. But another one of them is business. It's believe business. It or not. So and business people. It's business. It's business time. <laughs> and also people that work in business. Yeah. So uh, if you're a listener, you'll be one of those things. Or an accountant. Yeah, or accountants too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today's topic is actually on superannuation. Yeah, that's right. We, we we've we've briefly discussed super in various points in different uh, different topics, but we just thought. 
uh, people get confused about super. They're not always sure what it is. Let's have a discussion just in general. What is super? Basic. The basics. When do you have to pay it? Why do you have to pay it? Yeah. How much do you have to pay? Uh, and, and go through like that and just, uh, yeah, I think it'd be a good topic. It's good for employers, good for employees. Everyone should understand these things. Exactly. Um, and if you don't, then um, it's good for you to start figuring out where your super is and <laughs> and if you're up to date with your super payments, if you're an employer. So. Yes. And a- as we discussed during the single touch payroll uh, mm. episode, it's going to be, it's going to become... Very serious yeah. if you don't pay your super on time because yeah. they're going to know and they're yeah. going to get you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're going to get you. Come on to get you, Becky. Come on to get you. <laughs> nice Shyamalan refer- reference yeah. there. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, do you... I think you've got a pretty good uh, business update this week, Dan. Yeah, we, we, we skipped a, an important segment though, Tim. Oh, no. What did I skip? What is the Tim, Tim man... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I got forgot the Tim and Dan line. I uh, know we kind of already discussed it a bit with the ping pong. Yeah, uh, that is that is a big part of um, our, our week. Uh, so my week, just uh, quickly getting through it, Tim. My week has been pretty good, pretty busy. Uh, I've got three Christmas parties this week. Oh, uh, my partner guy. Katrina bragging. Uh, she bragging. works across two different practices as a psychologist, and uh, we've got both of those plus our Christmas party tonight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. We usually crack out the... Uh, the schnapps. The schnapps. Yeah, normally there's a few schnapps. Uh, so maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll get some uh, some schnapps of our schnapps, Tim. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, a, that's an excellent pun. Thank you. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good night. Yeah. So is that your Tim and Dan Just yeah, Christmas parties? It's Christmas parties. Christmas Have you in been, general. How has Silly Season been going for you so far? All Pretty right. good. I'm... Right uh, out of 10. 10. <laughs> oh, Wow. I love Christmas, Tim. I know you're a big Christmas fan. I love Christmas. Just I mean, this time of year. There's an, it's like it's like the end of September. There's an energy in the air, you know? All right. Well, I'm going to make my uh, Dan Lowe um, match yours. Yes. Jade and I got a real Christmas tree. Yeah, that's on true. On Sunday. That's great. We set it up and uh, it's the first time I've ever had a real Christmas tree. That's exciting. It's pretty cool. The house smells like Pino Clean. Yeah, it does. All the time. <laughs> when I walk in, the windows are all shut, the doors are all shut. <laughs> yeah. like, on a hot day, it'd just be, ooh. It smells like I'm in a forest. <laughs> so, I'm not looking forward to it when the smell starts turning a little bit off. Yeah, you did get your tree early. I know. I was thinking that. I was yeah. like, hmm, have we gone a bit early here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on Christmas, it'll just be a stump. Yeah, good. <laughs> We're watering it diligently. So, yeah, as long as you're keeping it watered and, yeah. and you know, it, it'll, it'll last. Yeah, so it's been cool. We decorated it and sitting there, and it's just a nice feeling. So I'm I'm really looking forward to coming over to your place um, after Christmas and just seeing it dumped out the front, <laughs> just in a messy heap. I think I'm planning on using it for firewood, the stump at least, yeah. and then uh, I don't know what to do with the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, the the bristles. The bristles are so many. There's so many bristles. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I used to have a real tree a fair bit when I was a kid. Yeah, I just right. remember the bristles and. My mum making me drag it out the front. <laughs> Never it's fun. so itchy too, like when you get when you're playing with the bristles and yeah. it's all on your arms and stuff. Damn it's itchy. But it looks cool and it smells it nice. It does look cool. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. So uh glad we got one. That's a good one. All right. Business update. I do have one. Uh this one was kindly donated to us uh yep. by Warren Garth. So G'day Warren. <laughs> G'day Dad. Uh so he has showed me an article in the paper. Um, I don't even know which paper I'm holding here. But 
an article in the paper. Essentially, uh, the headline reads, Big Accounting Firms Face Audit Crackdown. Ooh. Ooh. So, just reading the first paragraph here, the big four accounting firms will be thrown into the spotlight as the Banking Royal Commission draws to a close after the Morrison government announced it will review the framework for punishing deficient accounting giants. So, essentially, all this dodgy stuff's been happening uh, with the banks. Yeah. You'd assume at high risk of, you know, um, in terms of risk management, which is a big part of an audit. Yeah. Uh, is not great. Yeah. And and the accounting firms essentially have just been mm. okaying it. Mm. Not really saying anything. Um, so It's not great. It, it's a question of whether or not the business practice in that sense really should be something that the auditors focus on. Um, which it has been. You know, more often than not, they do... They, they need to assess the business practices and how risky it is. So, is a big part of the auditor's job, Dan, to... Um, assess the risks to stakeholders and communicate those risks. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a stakeholder of the banks being the community and the public mm-hmm. upon which we place our economy in the hands largely of yeah. the banks and their banking system, right? Yeah, but n- not only that, but shareholders who have recently lost a lot of money mm-hmm. yep, yep. because the share price have gone down of a lot of the big banks the because are providing, of the, the trouble. Yeah. They're providing assurance exactly. to those people. So. That's, that's their job, to provide assurance to the shareholders mm. and to users of those financial statements, mm. which could be many stakeholders, mm. um, that things are true and fair. And, and although they might be true and fair, the, the risks in mm. their uh, behavior, I guess, haven't been mm. haven't been scrutinized as well as they should. So, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens if there is a review on yeah. these big accounting firms and, and what happens. Yeah, I mean... And you see it, you see it as well, I guess, like with big um, multinational corporations and um, the things, the strategies they're using to offshore profits. Yeah, they do have a lot to answer for. Yeah, the large, they do. the large accounting firms. They do, they do. We, we, uh, the two drunk accountants, <laughs> have never been huge fans of of, ah. of, of the big accounting. They're, they're no, accounting. just not from our interactions. Yeah, we've had a few, few. Not pleasant interactions with them. Let's yeah, say, I guess. exactly. And but you know, most of the people that work there are fine. But exactly they, right. They, they do tend to believe that they are above. Yeah, above what they. If they don't know the name position. of your accounting firm, then uh, you're below them. Yeah, yeah basically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, where do you work, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you get that question. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I guess, uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens. Yeah, exactly. Likely, not much. <laughs> I would uh, I would suggest the same, but it is interesting as well um, just to note that, yeah, that is happening. Yeah, yeah. That actually raised another topic which we were discussing in the office too. Yes. Which was outsourcing of accounting Correct. services. And this is something that a lot of people might not be aware does happen in the industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you approach a firm, a small firm, mm-hmm. somewhere to do your books for you at the end of the year you want your financials and your yeah, tax could be bookkeeping could be your accounting could services. be anything could um, be the receptionist you speak to exactly and what you might not be aware of is yep you're speaking to someone who lives in you know close proximity to you you're having you meet mm. them face to face you go through the work it's actually being prepared by someone overseas yeah it's in the philippines or india or yeah yeah that is a thing that is actually happening it's happening and, a lot um it's never been something that we've been very interested in no and i have my concerns not only 
um, just in regards to the quality of the work that you're yeah. providing, but also whether or not it, sh- it should even be allowed with you know the CPA or the CA. Yeah. You know, th- there'd be certain quality standards you need to meet. Exactly um, right, and that's it's kind of coming back to that that article there in terms yeah. of quality control. Yeah, and then whether or not. Uh, it's just about ticking and bashing and just getting the work done. Yeah. Or actually making sure that things are done properly um, and in the true spirit yeah. of things. Because as, a, as an accountant, what you're doing is actually, what you're meant to be doing is working in the best interest of your client, but also the community. Yeah. That's what we're taught at school anyway. Yeah. We have a bigger role to play in the greater community, much like the big four accounting firms need to provide exactly. you know, audit assurance to any users of those financial statements. Yeah. Um, we're, we're essentially doing the same thing. Yeah. And like we discussed with Leon last week, great guest on the show, by the way. Yeah, Leon. Some excellent feedback from last episode. Um, that accountants are really highly trusted at the moment, like a yeah. respected profession, apparently compared to like the banks and yeah. financial planners. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge risk to the brand of accountants if they're outsourcing people's work for $2 an hour to yeah. the Philippines in India, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think like the CPA or CA and these sorts of bodies, even the government need to step in. An ATO. Mm. Yeah, and, and make a ruling like this is acceptable or it's not. Yeah. Yeah, because if it is acceptable, if that's the way things are going to be done, then yeah, then put it out there and and make people, I guess, aware. Put it on their packaging, like uh, just so you know, this was prepared in India. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, and it depends what part of the job is done. Yeah. What part, we're all about making things more efficient. Yeah, efficiency as accountants, is key, and we'll, so I do see yeah. that side of the argument. Yeah, yeah. as accountants, we're we're constantly looking for ways to ensure that the jobs that we're doing are efficient. Yes, they're done quickly. They're yeah. done to a high standard. Yeah, um, automating is a big thing in in our lives. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Whether or not outsourcing to you know essentially the same way you'd outsource the manufacturer of a of a t-shirt exactly. um is exactly. the best option yeah so that's just an interesting one to know there yeah it is interesting we'll see what happens yeah have you got any other business updates or is, or is that it um well we're gonna try and keep this to a short time period yep. i will end up on a positive just a small business that's gone big yep australian business um they've got a uh coding camp um and basically their idea was teach kids coding yeah so like coding uh like html coding i suppose yeah, yeah. or yeah, computer CSS coding or yeah. Yeah, yeah um and give them the skills the important skills they need in their life to yeah. go and and do mm. things with computers and the internet yeah and it went from like three people with one two-week camp in a school holiday to now a, bu- a business with six million dollars of turnover in four years, Dan. Good on them. How about that? That's great. How amazing is I, that? I think learning to code is something really important these days as well. You know, in in yeah. high school, we learned woodwork and metal yeah, tech. And yeah. That I think essentially, in the same frame of thought that hey, people are going to need to know how to use their hands. Yeah. People are going to need to know how to use the computer and, yeah. and develop simple programs yeah. and things like that in the future. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's great. So it's called uh, Code Camp. Code Camp. Code camp. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's the third fastest growing small to medium ent- enterprise in Australia, according to a smart company. Shout out to them. How good's that? Shout out to them. Yeah, so good on you guys. Keep up the good work. You get the thumbs up from the two drunk accountants. <laughs> Don't outsource. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. All right. Uh, all right. Moving on to our main topic, uh, superannuation. Yeah, superannuation. 
Tim, briefly, what is superannuation? Well, essentially, um, it's a retirement savings scheme. Yep. So, it's called different things in different countries, but in Australia, it's called superannuation. Yeah. And annuation is um, a series of payments. Yeah. That can super. be made to you. Yeah. And it's super. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that was introduced and it's been around for the last 100 years, like different yeah. forms of it. Yeah. Retirement savings schemes. And yeah. Pension schemes. Pension schemes, yeah. which are basically self-funded by employees yep. or employers. Yep. Um, but it was more regulated in the 80s mm. and then the 90s, it became a compulsory yeah. thing. Yeah, so uh, essentially, um, an issue that we have is that people get to retirement age, they can either no longer work or yeah. no longer want to work, or they've, you know, they've worked 50 years, it's, they deserve some time off, yeah. and uh, some people don't have enough money, Yeah, and, and the government pension would have to cover that, and exactly. that's, a, that's a big cost burden on the government. Yeah, in Australia, um, the government realized in the 80s and 90s that we had an aging population. Yeah. Um, they were very worried about the burden that was going to place on the public pension scheme. Yeah, exactly. On the budget. On the budget. <laughs> Funding all those retirees. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for various reasons, there, there are, there'd be some people who did have enough savings to fund themselves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, yeah. So, basically, what we're trying to say then is superannuation is a forced savings correct. for your retirement. That's where we were leading. It's a little bucket of money, which is supposed to increase as your life progresses. Yep. And it's invested on your behalf. Yep. So, you get a return on that investment. So, it's meant to accumulate and grow mm -hmm. as you get more funds in there. Yeah. Not only are you adding to it, but it's growing by itself. Yeah. And then when you reach a certain age, you can take that money out and use it tax-free. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and th and there's all sorts of incentives um, for this, in including uh, your superannuation being taxed at a lower rate than what mm -hmm. your other income is being taxed at. Yep. Because essentially, it is just more income that you're receiving from yeah. your employer, but you don't get to benefit from until you are of pension age. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I think that's the general concept of super. Yeah, that's definitely the general concept of it. Uh, and a, a bit of history that Tim just provided there. You know, it yeah. was something that was regulated more uh, as the decades have gone on to a point now where it is a compulsory payment for most of your wages yeah. by your employer. Exactly. So, it started at 3%, actually. Mm. Um, and it's just steadily risen. I think the Howard government actually set it at 9%. Yeah. Um, and that was around the early 2000s. Yep. Um, so, and now we know it's at 9.5%. Yep. It was um, slated to rise to 12%. Yeah, and that's up in the air a bit at the moment. You know, the idea was it was going to increase slowly to 12% over the next decade, essentially. Yeah, by 2025. Yeah, but... Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently about whether or not that's actually going to happen. So, yeah. um, watch that space. But at the moment, it is 9.5% <clears throat> of your ordinary time's earnings, and we'll get to that in a second, Yeah, uh, is paid to a super fund that you've elected yep. by your employer mm -hmm. uh, for your retirement. Yeah, and there was a little bit of conjecture about that when it was first introduced, just if yeah. we are talking history, because um, businesses weren't very happy. <laughs> Yeah, it was essentially a, a 3% increase 
yeah. in their cost of, of employment. Yeah. yeah. Of employing people. Exactly. Uh, and, exactly. And that is something that a lot of businesses still struggle to get their head around today. Uh, I, I always, and we've said this before, I, I always try and tell people, try and tell small businesses that not only are you paying the cash that it's going to them, but you're paying the tax that you've withheld and you're paying the super on top of that. Mm. So calculate that full cost before you hire someone. Yeah. Calculate that full cost per week. What, what do you need to pay? Mm. And then pay it. Because a lot of people just forget that super even exists until it comes time to pay it. Yeah. And that's a problem. So when do you have to pay super then, Dan? Yeah, good question. Good question. So uh, generally, uh, you pay an employee of yours mm-hmm. superannuation of 9.5% on top of their ordinary time's earning if they earn more than $450 before tax in a calendar month. There'd be no tax in there anyway. I don't know why they said that. But, <laughs> yeah, but well. $450 a month, as soon as you go over that, yep. you owe superannuation on the full amount. Yeah. Uh, and that's to do with um, any type of employee, full-time, part-time, casual, yep. um, you know, directors, family members, these rules apply to everyone. Uh, yeah. You owe super. Uh, actually, and the rules changed recently as well for um, the ages of super that you had to pay. Yeah. Now it's up to the age of 74. Yeah. It used to be lower than that. Yeah, too. I think it was like 70 or something before. Yeah, 65 or 70. Yeah. It cut off. You didn't have to pay super anymore. Yeah, which isn't... It doesn't happen that often that you have employees that are that age, but it does happen, but not that often. Um and the other thing is, under 18 years of, of age, um, there are some different rules for when you have to pay super. Yeah, as well. it's, it's if they've worked more than 30 hours in a week. Mm. And that's the same for domestic workers. That's, you know, if you yeah. have a, a nanny. The nanny, the live-in nanny. Live-in nanny. Yeah. Uh, if they work more than 30 hours in a week, or they're under 18 and they work more than 30 hours a week, then you have to pay super, yeah. as well as the $450 limit. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so that's, if you, that's, that's when? Or? It's pretty much, yeah, it's basically unless you're hiring someone that's under 18 or over 65 and as long as yeah. they're earning more than $450 in a month, which is basically like half a week's work, yeah. <laughs> then your super expense is going to be 9.5% yep. of what Dan has been mentioning, the ordinary, ordinary times, times earnings. earnings. Now, what is that? They always refer to that. Uh, so, your ordinary times earnings... Mm-hmm. Uh, is the amount that you earn from your ordinary hours of work, which mm. includes commissions, shift loading, allowances, but doesn't include overtime. Yeah, So, exactly. it's your general ordinary hours of work. Yeah, and, and th- that's the same with bonuses as well? Yes, yes, I believe so. It depends what kind. I think. Yeah. I mean. um, but essentially, just your ordinary hours, mm. you get... Super. Super. It's guaranteed that you'll get 9.5%. Yeah. Super. Yeah. So, d- not included any overtime. So, if, if you've worked, if you're a shift worker or something, or yeah. uh, you've worked a bunch of overtime in a week, and then you look at your superannuation, you think, hey, that's not 9.5% of my earnings. Mm. Uh, it's because overtime is not included. Exactly right. So, for gen- generally, for most people, that's how it's calculated. Yeah. Uh, so, when? I'm, when does super have to be paid? Yeah, when. So, at the moment, uh, it is due... 28 days after the end of the quarter. Yeah. So, you are And you can make be... different commitments as well. To, exactly. Uh, depending on the size of your business and... Correct. Whether you want to pay it monthly. You Correct. You make different commitments. Um, but in general, if you're a small business, you don't have to pay your employees super, the guaranteed amount of super, 
until 28 days after the end of a quarter. So you could pay three months of it up front a week after the quarter finishes. So yeah. June's just finished. A week in, into July, you pay everyone's super obligation from April till June. Yeah. Uh, however, not what we recommend. Yeah. Because no. it's going to be a cash flow problem. You're going to end up with a big lump sum of super due. You may not have accounted for it properly. Yeah. And uh, suddenly... You're struggling for cash. You got a baz due. <laughs> exactly. Know, uh, all sorts of things happen. So it can be an issue, especially for small business and new businesses. Yeah. Um, because you find you may not be keeping track of the cash you owe for things like super. Correct. So you've been using that money to grow your business. Yeah. That's and right. uh, that can be an issue. It can definitely be an issue. Yeah. So we recommend usually paying it when you do your payroll. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what I say to all new businesses starting out. And use tools like um, a payroll service that's included in software such as Xero and QuickBooks Online and MYOB um, where you can pay your super every week when you do your pay run. That's right. It's quite easy to do. Uh, So that that brings us on on to the next question is how? How? So the first part of this is setting up your employee's super fund details. Yeah, true. Getting that from your employee. So, yep. when you hire an employee, you, you, generally you give them two things. One, uh, a tax file number declaration form. Yep, And exactly. two, a super choice form. Yep. So, you need to give your employees the choice for mm-hmm. what super fund they want their superannuation to go into. Because every super fund's different. They've got different mm-hmm. fees, different investments, different things that you can do with it. They might have their own super fund. They might yeah. have a self-managed super fund. Yeah. Um. So there's lots of different options that they have to them. Yeah. Uh, generally, they will just go with an industry fund. You know, if especially if you're a you know you own a cafe or you're a tradie or something <laughs> yeah. like that, it's rare that they're going to have their own super fund or something specific that they yeah. do. But it does happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, you just give them the form, and they'll yeah. tell you if they already have a super fund. Yeah. This is where I want it to go. Yeah, and you don't actually have to lodge that form with the ATO. It's no. just a bit of paperwork that you need to keep um, for your own records. Correct. In case the employee came back to you and said, no, you're paying it to the wrong place. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, I'm just using the details you gave me. The member number and the uh, ABN of the super fund, which you gave me. So, yeah, exactly. So, that's important to get that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you can actually import that information into your accounting system. Correct. And this is really important because you may have heard of SuperStream. Yes, so SuperStream was something that was implemented a little bit ago. Yeah, uh, in the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah, uh, essentially it was a way to update the way payments were made to super funds. Traditionally, a lot of people wrote out some checks, stapled them <laughs> to you know a, a form saying what the super and who it was for and posted it to the super fund. Wow. Uh, that was the original way. Wow. Then they started creating each super fund had their own portal and you'd yeah. log onto that portal you yeah. select your employee because you've set it up and you tr- you know select the amount you want to pay through to them that was how it happened next yeah now what you do is generally there are clearing houses yep. and there are a bunch of them around you know zero have their own one yep. uh, the tax office have one yeah there are there are some of these around you can even have a specific super fund yeah that you do most this of with. the super funds have clearing houses yeah. as well so all, all you do with this is you send them some electronic file yeah, that's either through the software that you're using, like Zero, or there might be other options. The ATO, I think you send a form or something. Yeah, that lists who the employees are, what their numbers are, yep. and how much you pay them, and then you just send that clearinghouse or that super fund one amount, and that's the total. Exactly. 
and they put it in each every fund that needs to go. They then disperse the funds. Correct. So yeah, it's actually so easier. convenient. Yeah. A lot easier. <laughs> Which is why you can do it weekly now. Correct. In the past, doing it weekly would have been a nightmare. Admin. If, if you have 20 employees and there's six different super funds, yeah. uh, that would be a nightmare. Oh, absolutely but, a nightmare. But now, on something like Zero, you go superannuation, yeah. I want to pay these six ones, and... You click next and you type in a code and it <laughs> takes the money from your bank account for you and pays it to all the relevant super funds so with the good. right information. It's so, it's so quick and easy that it's, it's enabled it. it to be weekly. So, um, On the flip side of that, Dan, yes. if you are late with paying your obligations for super, yes. it now means you're under the microscope. Correct. So you're going to be so much more visible to the ATO. And to the to the funds themselves, because the funds want the money. Yeah, they especially industry funds like they they get they get a lot of wages and uh, CEO executive salaries to pay. Mm. <laughs> um, but they they want your money so they can invest it and yep. uh, use it on the members' behalf. So um, so yeah, if it is uh, a week late, they could come back to you now. And and perhaps demand that you pay a little bit of interest. Yes, yeah, so that does bring me on to the next point, and that's missed payments or late payments. Mm. And and what are you actually meant to do in this situation? Mm. Now, I, I don't know this for sure, Tim, but it's my suspicion that when people are late these days, they simply just make the payment later and don't say anything. <laughs> that is the current practice. Yeah. It's not meant to be. So, what you're meant to do is if you're late, you actually have to lodge a super guarantee charge form. Mm. Now, what this does is essentially when you pay an employee's super, it begins to earn its own revenue. It mm. grows. They've invested it. It has returns. It grows in capital. It, everything gets bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you don't pay that, it doesn't get yeah. bigger. It doesn't grow. They don't earn anything. Mm-hmm. So the guarantee charge essentially is to fix this. Yeah. And it charges you an interest rate on the payments that you've missed. Yep. And how and it depends how long that you haven't paid it for. Mm-hmm. Um but there are also admin costs that yeah. charge you twenty bucks per employee per quarter. Yeah. Um, and look it's not something that we see them cracking down on no. if you're a week late. They're, and they've it's actually announced that if you are very late at the moment, there's like a special amnesty. Oh, exemption. Yeah, the there's an amnesty on the... That if you just go and make those payments... They won't hold you to it. They're not going to hold you to it because yeah. they want people to get their payments up to date. Yeah. Um, which is good. Yeah. Because a lot of people might be afraid to pay it right now yeah. because they don't want interest and penalties. But that does suggest that in the future... They will. They're going to start clamping down on this. Correct. So, basically, set yourself a reminder at the end of each quarter. Pay your super. Yeah, even better. Set yourself a reminder when you do the pay run. Pay your super. Every week. Every (laughs) week. And you'll never have this problem. You'll never have this problem. Yeah. So, it is a little bit different, though, for self-employed people and paying their own super. Yeah. And that's because you... Although you do actually, if you're an employer of a company, for instance, mm. you, you technically still do have to pay your 9.5% to yourself, to yourself, to a super fund for yourself. Mm. Uh, there are tax effective strategies that you can use with super because super is a tax deduction. Yeah. So it can actually work in your interest um, to be paying your own super, maybe yeah. even a little bit more than what you need to pay. Yeah, exactly. And depending on uh, what your strategy is with super, that's the important thing. So when yeah. I have clients ask me, should I be putting lots of money into super? I'm like, well, 
I wouldn't do it without first having a, a strategy and a plan of attack. Exactly. Because you do have to keep in mind, like we said at the beginning, you can't access that. It's a forced savings and you can't access it until you're 65. Yeah. Go, go have a chat to a financial planner later. and see if this meets all your goals. And if it does... Well, then we can advise you on the tax effectiveness strategies around that. You know, mm. if you're looking for a little bit, if you've got some extra cash towards the end of a financial year and you're going to make a big profit and, you know, you may be 10 years away from retirement or something, it makes sense to chuck some extra amounts into your super, get a huge tax savings on that. Yeah. Um, that's a tax effective strategy. Yeah, exactly um, right. And it's definitely things that you can do. Yeah. So, um uh, that's probably another whole episode that we can do in yeah. terms of strategies with super, things we see people using their super for. Yeah. But keep in mind, as a self-employed person, you can really make your super work for you. Exactly. There's insurances you can put through there. Yeah. You could look at property for your business. Lots of things. Uh, obviously, that's all. We'd just be stating facts. We're not giving advice Correct. around that because These are things can't you really can do, <laughs> not what we're recommending yeah. you do. <laughs> But um, those are things that we see and it does work really well when you've got a lot of profits in your business. Yeah, and, correct. Um, especially if you're approaching that retirement age. Yeah, 100%. But if you're a 20-year-old... Doesn't make as much sense. Maybe think about could, not doing it. I don't know. But there are other options. You, know, you never <laughs> yeah. know. You never know. You, you might, you if might you're in not that, make it, it to 65. <laughs> if you're in that situation, give us an email. Get in touch. We'd like to... Uh, yeah. introduce you to some financial planners yeah, and also sure. help you with your tax planning. It's really important that your financial planner and your and your accountant can work together on those matters. Correct, correct. Uh, now, before we wrap up this about this conversation about super, mm-hmm. I have some stats I want to throw at you, Tim. All right, stats. Some stats. Hit Just about superannuation. Stats. First stat. $2.7 trillion were held in superannuation assets by the end of June 2018. God. 2.7 seven trillion dollars so much money so that means that everyone in this country has some share in 2.7 trillion dollars <laughs> worth of money and assets that are just sitting out there it's so being invested by these super funds it's so hectic because it yeah it does invest so it does have an impact on the economy yeah but there is an interesting aspect there of like forced savings yeah and uh imagine if that 2.7 trillion was extra wages yeah well um, this isn't these. These are tax-free payments, but there were nineteen billion dollars worth of benefits paid just in the June quarter from wow. super funds. Wow, nineteen billion billion in three months. Wow, um, that's which is one crazy. Thousand nine hundred million. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. There was only uh, total contributions. Nineteen thousand million. Yeah. <laughs> So total contrib- so net contribution flows. This is contributions plus the net benefit transfers, um, less benefit payments. So this is net increase. I'm assuming okay. not including growth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so there's payments in, payments out, no yep. growth. Okay. Uh, Fourteen point one billion in the June quarter. So that's a lot. So people are putting in more than they're taking out at the moment. Wow. Interesting. Uh, the other interesting stats were what people are invested in. So, 51.3% of that $2.7 trillion is invested in equities with that spread across 23.4% in Australian 
listed equities, mm. 24.1 in international listed equities, and 3.8 in unlisted equities. And when Dan says equities, he pretty much shares. just means shares. Shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stock exchange. Exactly. Uh, fixed income and cash investments, that'd be term deposits, things like that, um, accounted for 31.5. So it looks like people have a conservative portion of their super just tied away in term deposits yeah. and cash well yeah and that's the financial planner um can explain that a bit better but yeah, exactly. that's uh depending on their risk risk profile mitigation. yeah and whether they want to be aggressive or defensive that's right so of that 21.2 percent is fixed income and 10.3 is cash so 21 percent in term deposits essentially mm. and just 10 percent in cash 10 percent there in you cash. go um so prop- That's still a high amount. Yeah, here's, here's the more interesting one that I found intriguing. And we're Australian and mm-hmm. we love our property. All Australians do. Mm-hmm. Uh, property and infrastructure accounted for only 13.5% of investments. Wow. Yeah. Because it is so challenging yeah. to get property and super. Exactly. So, hmm. so 50% essentially are in shares. Yeah. And 30% are in cash or cash equivalents. Mm. <laughs> And uh, 10% in property and only 4% in other assets, other. which could be hedge funds and commodities. Well, so commodities. Not, that ma- not that many people have gold in their super yeah. <laughs> Diamond? <laughs> Diamond, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, um, that is probably why the government is thinking about uh, Bill Shorten uh, changing the rules in changing on franking rules. credits. Exactly. Mm. Um, interesting to see what happens in that space. And obviously, we'll keep you updated. There is a budget soon, so expect a very special budget special. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. Us. That'll That's be in April. Come up very quick. Yeah, April. Before we know it, in April, it'll be you and I with our little uh, our hats on and uh, <laughs> some, you know... What are those called? <laughs> the party poppers and stuff? Like a happy new year type yeah, exactly. celebration, basically. Essentially. Maybe we should record on the night this I time. I think we should. I think last... We were three episodes into the podcast when the last <laughs> happened. So, we, we were a little... Not 100% you know, sure what we were doing. We're um, now, we're experts. So, yeah. uh, on the night of, of the budget update, we're going to watch it live. Let's just record the whole time while the budget's going. That's a good idea. <laughs> have you, have stream, you, it, stream it live on Facebook. <laughs> there, there's a show called uh, Mystery Science Theatre 3000. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And essentially, uh, it's this show, weird show where oh, like, yeah. it's experimenting it, on a guy. He's, like a, he's on a spaceship and they make him watch terrible movies and it's him and like a robot and a weird crow thing. Uh-huh. And they commentate the movie like the, the movie happens yeah. and they just sit there making wisecracks about it the whole time they're yeah. meant to be the worst movies ever made yeah that'll be us from the budget <laughs> it'll be the worst budget ever made <laughs> <laughs> alright well that, that concludes our topic on superannuation if you do have yeah. any more questions get in touch with us probably the best thing to say just if you are a business owner and you're an individual wor- working and earning super yeah. just make sure you know where it is yeah. and, and make sure you know what insurance you have through there mm-hmm. uh, if you're a young person and you're getting charged an amount for uh, for insurance, might be worth you just figuring out if that is actually working yeah. in your favor, and and figure out whether or not it, yeah. There's different types of insurances. There's there's different amounts. Every industry super fund charges a different amount. Mm. If you got your own super fund, check with your financial planner. Yeah. Just do you really need life just, insurance just, just if just you're 25 and you don't have any loans? Yeah. No mortgage. No mortgage. Do you need to be taken out that much? Probably no, not. No, no family potentially. Probably not. So yeah, those are the things you should consider. But just make sure it's all in the one place and your employer is paying your super. Yeah. 
So that would be the best place to start. Exactly. Exactly, Tim. All right. Well, let's move on to our other things this week. Tim, do you have any other things? I do, actually. That's good, because um, I did not. <laughs> but I'll come up with one by the time you're done. I'm sure you'll think of a couple um, while I discuss these. Go for it. All right. One other thing was it was my one-year wedding anniversary with Jade. Congratulations. That so, that, yeah. was, that was definitely uh, a high point. That means it's been an entire year since... Uh, MC Dan and, yeah. and, and, and little Mickey <laughs> little Mickey yeah. got up on stage. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was a great uh, wedding and one year on, no regrets. Yeah. No regrets, Dan. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as my good friend Damo and gro- uh, best man yeah. at the wedding yep. uh, reminded me, the first year is often when businesses fail. I think he said, I think it's the same with marriages. Yeah, good advice. So, you made it through the first year. (laughs) He said, the first five years are also a danger zone. So, uh, four more years to out of the danger zone. Do you know why I think that could be a fallacy, Tim? (laughs) I love it. And and that is because I think that comes from the olden days where you met someone and a year later you got married. Ah, true. You don't really know that person after a year. And that's why um, the first year wedding anniversary gift is paper. Yeah. Because you're meant to be writing chapters in your new life. Also, you're a tired ass at that point. (laughs) You don't want to give away too much. What if, yeah, it, what really, if you get divorced? Yeah, really know if you love them or not yeah. yet. So, just give, a, give them a note. Exactly. Say, I love you. Yeah. So, I, I, think, uh, I think that's why it's a fallacy is because in the olden days, you got married a lot earlier. Yeah. I've been with my partner 11 years. <laughs> I've been with my partner. And I don't think if we got married, we're going to get divorced in just because of that. It's very different. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, um, yeah. Happy anniversary, Jade. Happy one year. Love you. Yeah. And um, the other thing, Dan... Mm. Another person who's very close to my heart. Yes. James Hurd. Oh, Hurdy. Hurdy. I'm bringing him, back. Bring, bringing him back on the podcast. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Um, yeah. So, poor fella. He likes to stay fit, ride his bike around Melbourne. Yeah. He got hit by a car. What? This is the second time he's been hit by a car whilst riding his bike in the last five years, believe it or not. That's no good. Poor fella. Poor f- is he all right? Breaking his He is okay. Anything? He shattered his arm and wrist oh. and his leg. As well, both on the left side of his body. That's where he got hit, I assume. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, in Australia, we drive on the left side, right? Yeah. So, he, yeah. Um, so, poor fella, he was in hospital. He's okay. He's going to be fine. It's not life-threatening. But um, that's a bit of a bad... I tell you what. Bad luck. He's, he's had a rough trot. He has he seriously has had, had a rough, rough trot. trot. Now, to his credit, Dan, six days later, he was booked in for a charity event... I yeah. believe it was a charity event. Yeah. Anyway. An event. And he turned up with arm and cast, leg fully casted. Oh, good on him. To um, speak at this event. And good it was all him. about, it was all about depression and those sorts of things. I mean, yeah. I think that's what he, I th- unfortunately, he gets asked a lot of questions about that stuff. But he's yeah. turned it into a positive now by spreading awareness. awareness. Yeah, it's a good cause. That you know, cause. even someone like James Hurd who, you know, from afar you would look at his career, got everything and now. his family and all of those things and like he's a wealthy guy, mm. you think he's got everything, but yeah. still, yeah. So um so that was that was that was uh, my other thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I like mm. that. That's uh it's a nice cause. So yeah, shout out to James Hurd. I hope you uh, recover quickly. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> what is my other thing this week, Tim? Uh, my other thing this week would be... What did I do over the weekend? Not much. I just feel like, I feel like I did a lot over the weekend. I just don't remember what I did. 
Maybe anyway, then. my my other thing is gonna be um, Kogan, <laughs> and this is why. All Tim, right. I ordered a bed from Kogan. <laughs> oh no! And they delivered it promptly. Okay. Yep. Very promptly. But so my opposite <laughs> to a good other thing is the delivery company mm. that was contracted to them to deliver the furniture. Mm. So. You know, normally you order something online, you expect it'll ship on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an email on Saturday from Kogan mm-hmm. that my items had been prepared and ready to go. Mm. So, that doesn't happen often. So, I was very impressed. I'd ordered yeah. it Friday. Yeah. Saturday, over a weekend, they prepared it to, for delivery. They're killing it. Brilliant. Mm. Well done. Good mm. on them. They're yeah. really trying to compete with Amazon. Yeah. Um, but, it's a little confusing where my house is. My yeah. my address is I'm not gonna give it out on air, but it's one street. <laughs> but my driveway is actually on the other street, so I often uh, I often have to tell people, hey, to get to my house, you actually it's this driveway on this street. Um, that is confusing. It is confusing. So, anticipating this, I called the company mm. and I said, hey, I know you're delivering these things to me today, mm. and I just want to give you the heads up that m- my address is numbered. A, not <laughs> seven. I'm seven A. Yep. And I, I, I don't want you to deliver it to seven. Mm-hmm. So to get to my house, this is how you get there. She said, brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for that. I've written a note. We've sent it to the driver. It's going to be delivered to the right place. Yeah. Get an email later that day. Your item's not being delivered today. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. The next day, I get a call from, my, from a real estate agent mm. uh, who was at number seven. That's lucky. Because it was being rented, about to be rented out. They were doing a pre-rental inspection of number seven. Just so happens they were there, though. They were there. And That's they called lucky. me. And it was raining that day. Mm. And they said, hey, just letting you know, you've got a, quite a big package out here. It looks like it's a bed sitting in the rain <laughs> at number seven. Disappointing. In the rain. Disappointing. At number seven. Why would they just leave it in the rain? I don't too? know. It was like under a little shelter thing, but it really like it wasn't protected. If, if the rain was coming in anything greater than five degrees of an angle, like it was going to get hit. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, so, I quickly raced home, carried it around up the road to my house. By, <laughs> by myself, yourself. In, 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 into the house in the rain and <laughs> the wind. Uh, they only delivered two out of the three boxes as well. Hmm. So, I called them again. I said, hey, guess what? You delivered it to the wrong house, even though I gave you this mm. detailed instructions of how to get to my house. And she said, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. I said, well, you've got a second chance. There's still another box to come. <laughs> Let's make sure this one goes to the right place because I don't want to have to drive, leave work in the middle of the day to go it's get very this. very inconvenient. It takes an hour to go home yeah. and come back. Get this box from someone else's house. Mm. Uh, Eventually, what happened is uh, the next day they delivered it back to number seven again to the wrong house. Oh, my God. And I get another call from the real estate agent because they just so happened to be there again. So lucky. uh, And said, hey, guess what? Your box is here again. Oh. And I had to go get it again. Seriously. You've got one job. One job. It's not that hard. Read the instructions. Read the instructions. It's very frustrating. The pizza man can find my house. With those instructions? You know what, Dan? Why can't the delivery man? There needs to be some disruption in the delivery set, I, delivery I, business. I agree. Because Kogan wouldn't be happy about that. No. That really sours your experience with them. Exactly. I'm going Amazon. Amazon Prime? I've got Prime. I know. They deliver the next day. It's really <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's real solid, actually. These microphones came the next day. <laughs> actually, no, the other one did. The other the third mic did. So, um, 
there's a bit of disruption to be had in that in that industry. I think like Uber style. I agree. Coming in there and mixing things up, and I agree. There's no not even any regulation they need to work around there. So you know, when like you, you log in into these big companies' websites too, and you can follow where your package have gone. That's like, oh, I checked into this warehouse. Yeah. Checked into this warehouse. It went like from wherever it was in Sydney. Checked into the the place in Sydney, and then from Sydney to Gosford, then back Gosford back to Sydney, mm. and then Sydney back to Gosford. Oh my god. And then two of those boxes came to my house and the third one didn't. Wow. And then it checked out on one day and then went back and then wow. came back. And it's like, what? what? That's confusing. Why didn't these boxes just go from one place to the other? Hmm. Why? That's strange. There mustn't be enough money in the transport industry for someone to just want to get in there and just Disrupt completely it. mix that up. Yeah. And just turn it on its head and take all the market share. Who knows? Anyway, if you're out there and you're thinking about disrupting the transport industry, two drunk accounts are competi- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and your competitors, they're not great. They're not great. It's Australia Post and yeah. someone else. Exactly. So. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we just... Uh, well, Kogan, good job. And, good job, uh, Kogan. Not, not so good job. Shitty job. The Cole. Oh, <laughs> I'm naming and shaming. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're getting that out there, Dan. Thank you. And I hope you feel better. I do, actually. Mm. I do. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, send us an email, twodrunkpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a tweet, at twodrunkpodcast. Get on Facebook, Two Drunk Accountants. Mm-hmm. And if you could please, 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 please review and rate us on whatever app you're using us, especially Apple. Please like us. Um Give us a rating because it really helps. Next time you're just listening to the click play, just click on the podcast and give it, give it a star rating, yeah. even if it's um, even if it's three. <laughs> really? That would be fine. All right. Not two or one. Just if you're going to do that, just don't do three it. Three or but higher. Threes, threes, and fours and fives. Yeah, fine. we'd appreciate a five, but um, you know, just any rating is a good rating. Uh, well, my standards aren't quite as low as yours, Dan, but uh, yeah, mm. I am happy for the feedback anyway. Yes. It's, All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks Thank you, for listening another Thanks week, guys. And we'll uh, calculate it. Bye.